You can support the Historian's Podcast by clicking the GoFundMe link on bobcudmore.com. Hi, this is Joyce Stah, manager of WMHT's radio reading service called Rise. And I'm so happy to be here on the Historian's to talk all about our radio reading service, which gives sight through sound to members of our community who can't see or have some physical disabilities. This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Rise is WMHT's 24-hour radio information service for the blind and print disabled in New York's capital region and the Hudson Valley. The Historian's Podcast, by the way, is heard each week on RISE, and we're talking with Joyce Stah, who was the RISE manager. How long has RISE been in operation at the WMHT? We have been in operation, believe it or not, since 1978. We are the oldest radio reading service in New York State, by the way. Really? Long time. A long time. Well, how does it, how does it work? It, it's radio, but it's a little different. It absolutely is. So we like to say that it's a radio station that has all of the components that radio needs. Promotion and on-air talent and shows and programming. But we broadcast differently. In fact, we don't broadcast at all. We narrowcast. So as a service of WMHT Public Media, our audio is heard for those who are blind or print disabled over a specially tuned radio that WMHT loans absolutely free of charge to qualified listeners. And now we stream our signal as well. So yeah, 24 hours a day, folks who can't maybe pick up a newspaper for one reason or another, or a magazine or a book, um, can hear our volunteers read to them. Not to get too technical, but it's the programming is carried on what they call the subcarrier of signals of the uh, WMHT FM stations? Exactly, exactly. And if someone were to listen very carefully, they might hear a little classical music from 89.1 in the background because... Imagine that our signal rides piggyback. So we're very close to 89.1 in frequency, but not. <laughs> so our, our signal is close, but not quite, so that we can ride piggyback. So, for instance, if 89.1 were not on air, we would not be on air. So we ride piggyback. Okay. Kind of like surfing a wave behind 89.1, our classical station on WMHT. So that's how we're narrowcasted. Mm-hmm. And you say that people who are blind can get receivers and there's no charge. How does that work? Well, WMHT is generous enough and believes in the mission and supports the mission, and we purchase these specially tuned radios. So you cannot listen to Rise on an ordinary radio. Uh, you listen on a loaned radio, or you can stream our signal as well. So each listener typically has a radio, um, and some people will stream online on their computer if they uh, have that capability. But it's a radio that gets just one station, and on that station, 24 hours a day, we have programming designed for our listeners. Mm -hmm. And you say you're also streaming. Is it, um, can anyone access the streaming of uh, Rise on the Internet? Well, since we 
have a copyright exemption since, of course, we read books. We don't give that link out. We keep it a closed circuit, so to speak. But any listener, any qualified listener, anyone who applies for the service can then stream us. And in fact, Bob, we have people who listen you know, from all around the United States. If they happen to, for instance, travel in the winter, they might be listening from Florida, but they want to be in touch with what's happening in their local community. Or mm. some people may just prefer to listen on their phone um, or on their computer. What is the meaning of the word rise? Or is there a meaning to it? Or is this a good word that you came up with to call the service? Well, I think it is a good word, but it is an acronym as well. R-I-S-E, Radio Information Service Enterprise. Oh. So I think I like all those it. years ago, uh, WMHT staff and the board came up with a, uh, a good name for our service. And many people rise and shine to listen to our newspaper readings and our programming. And we even hear from listeners who say, you know, I can't maybe sleep at night due to a, you know, insomnia or due to the fact that I'm just up tossing and turning. And they'll turn on our service. And 24 hours a day, there's, there's a reading of something, whether it's a book or a magazine. And, and we truly do enrich the lives of our community. So it's a very rewarding service. So you do hear, it sounds like, fairly often from your audience. We hear from listeners quite often. We hear feedback, you know, whether it's someone asking for a program to be aired or maybe they want to say thank you to a volunteer. Everybody on the radio is a volunteer. I'm the one paid staff member. So we have a crew of volunteers who are absolutely dedicated and especially during the pandemic, we have a smaller crew who are volunteering from home and learning an entirely new system. And uh, the service hasn't stopped. So we are still going and we're still hearing from listeners who tell us that the service means so much to them. And especially during the election year, we heard that, you know, here we are and we're giving information so people can be educated voters. We're giving information on on things happening in our on our local communities. So it's mm-hmm. such a vital service. What is the potential audience? Or do you, do you know any of the numbers, as they say? Our audience tends to be people afflicted with macular degeneration, so a slow loss of eyesight. Although we've had people who may have, I have one person who had a skiing accident and was laid up in the hospital, and this was a younger person. So we have from teenagers to senior citizens, primarily people 60 and above with eye ailments. It runs the gamut. Uh, do you know, have a rough idea of how many there are uh, in yes. your audience? So we have uh, radios placed in, in library systems, in VA hospitals, in nursing homes, in residential homes as well, of course, and primarily in residential homes. Uh, but we would say between 2,000 and 3,000 listeners. Hmm. So we, we serve a good amount of people here in the capital region uh, and beyond. Now, we'll mention this a couple of times. We're talking with Joyce Starr, uh, RISE manager at WMHT. This uh, service the radio information service for the blind and print disabled depends on donations. How do you get donations? We have funding through, of course, this is supported by WMHT Public Media. 
We also have contributions through General Electric's More Gifts, More Givers program, where they match dollar for dollar every donation from an uh, employee or retiree. And then uh, donations from like-minded organizations, like the Fraternal Order of Eagles, have been so supportive. Uh, the Elks Club has been supportive. And individuals, often individuals will receive this free radio and want to support us and support our mission because each and every radio which goes out costs between 50 and $100, and they're loaned out for free. And some people cannot support us, uh, but many people or maybe their family will send in a contribution to keep this service going. Let me ask you about the, the volunteers. The other day, I was uh, put on your volunteer a mailing list or received something it was immaterial, really, what you were sending out information on. But it had a list of all the volunteers. I found there were over, over 30 of them. And um, that may or may not sound like a big number, but uh, that's a lot of people for a radio station. Oh, yes, there's actually, Bob, over 100 WMHT RISE volunteers. Um, I copied you on a particular email to a particular group of volunteers. We have over 100 volunteers. Everyone who um, volunteers has different tasks. We have readers who do uh, books, magazines, the Daily Gazette, the um, Albany Times Union. I have... Back in the day when we were in studio, we are still working remotely. Uh, a volunteer who helped package radios to go out, a volunteer who helped with program guides, folding them, putting on mailing labels. We are an actual radio station, so we have people doing all sorts of, of tasks. So over 100 dedicated volunteers. Let me uh, bring up my own personal connection with uh, RISE, which I came to know through my old friend Jack Keenan, who was a historian of early radio or the radio drama, variety, and comedy. And Jack, uh, for many years, did, a, before he passed away, obviously, did a program for, for Rise. I believe it was called the Old Time Radio Theater, where he would have a guest, a local guest, and then he, they, he would play excerpts or whole programs from the golden days of drama, variety, and comedy. Um, so you worked with Jack a long time, right? Yes. Jack Keenan had a very popular program, Old Time Radio Theater, where he did interview local celebrities, politicians, people doing good work in our community, uh, all sorts of interesting people. Um, that show, of course, Jack has passed on, and it's no longer on our schedule. But our schedule does change. So if there's a request for a particular type of program or an interview program, we, uh, we certainly could and will add things to our program. It's always evolving. And when Jack died... I think I came to you and said, you know, I, I'm now doing a history podcast. And, and so we sort of um, made an arrangement that the history podcast, which I do uh, a, a weekly interview, and this is one of them, called The Historians, you put that on your rise schedule. That's right. So I was, when you reached out, I was thrilled. And uh, our listeners love the historians. They can listen on the Rise Radio or, again, streaming to hear your program. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a wonderful addition to our schedule. And, again, it brings information 
to our listeners, keeps them included, and, and that's what we're here for. So adding your program, The Historians, was wonderful. When Jack was still with us, I remember going with him because I, I would uh, serve, now I need drivers myself, but I would serve as his driver sometimes to get over to WMHT to record. So I would do that with him from time to time and got to meet you and we'd chit-chat uh, when we were over there. But I also remember going, I'm pretty sure, with Jack to a gathering of the volunteers. Maybe it was a Christmas party or a holiday party or something like that that you were having for the volunteers. And I was interested to, to find that some of the volunteers, the readers, were people I had known from local broadcasting. For example, I believe he's, I still I saw his name on the, uh, the list you just sent, Dave Hepp, who used to do the uh, statewide public affairs a show that uh, Dan Clark and Daryl Camp do now at WMHT. Dave Hepp did that. And then there was, I think, John Noble, who was a well-known actor in my hometown of Amsterdam, New York. So I got the impression that maybe RISE volunteers are going to do the reading are people who maybe have had a, had careers in some kind of public speaking, or is that not not so? Well, you're absolutely correct that uh, Dave Hepp and John Noble back in the day were volunteers. And, of course, radio people and TV people are great volunteers. Right off the bat, if I, bat, if I get an audition from them, I know it's going to go well. But, uh, you know, I have volunteers from every walk of life. Teachers do very well. Teachers pass auditions, and we have an audition. I have folks read for me, and we talk about some of the things that we look for in a RISE volunteer. Uh, teachers do great. Um, actors do great, but I have people from, from all walks of life who, who volunteer and, and do well. And, of course, if you're not on air, we have other opportunities as well. But you do need to be able to speak well, to read well, to be able to bring that printed word to life. More with Joy Starr, RISE Manager at WMHT, in just a moment. You can support the Historian's Podcast by clicking the GoFundMe link on bobcudmore.com or make out a check to Bob Cudmore and mail to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. This episode is about RISE, WMHT's 24-hour radio information service for the blind and print disabled in New York's capital region and Hudson Valley. RISE volunteers read articles from newspapers, periodicals, and books to audiences who would otherwise be unable to access such information. RISE depends on donations from organizations and individuals. Our guest is Joyce Starr, manager of RISE. Let's find out how RISE has been operating during the pandemic. Let me ask you how, uh, at the beginning of the interview, I said, how does it work? How does it work in terms of the volunteers now that we're you know, still in the, let's hope, later stages of the, the pandemic? I mean, it used to be when I'd go over with Jack or before 2020, didn't wasn't most of your recording done at WMHT, which is located over in Rensselaer County now. But how did that change uh, during the pandemic? 
during the pandemic, it was as if we turned a light switch off and we had to relearn everything. And I've had decades in broadcasting myself and I was sent home with a laptop computer and a little microphone and told we're going to broadcast and we're going to keep going and no one's going <laughs> to no one's going to even realize that we're doing it from home, you know? And and we had to relearn everything and we had to find new ways to continue our mission and we did. We absolutely did. So instead of volunteers coming in to a beautiful sound Proof studio uh, and working with these microphones mounted professionally, we were using microphones attached to iPhones and uh, computers. And yes, we now have still, due to COVID and the restrictions, we still are recording at home. So I have volunteers coming in, uh, not coming in rather, but going into their bedrooms and closets and and recording mm-hmm. onto iPhones and tablets and computers. So it's a it's a whole new world. And I do think when we return to the studio, and hopefully that will be sooner than later, I will have a hybrid mode. So some volunteers who can record with pretty good sound quality at home might choose given a certain project to record at home, and others will, of course, return. And most of my volunteers are not recording at home, so it'll be great when we can all be back in studio. And and like you said, when we have these gatherings, it is like one big family of 100 people who love doing what they do. Because separate and, and apart from RISE itself, I mean, the general... One of the general issues of the pandemic is loneliness. I mean, people you know, like the the Rise volunteers were probably used to coming in, seeing you, hey, how you doing, and maybe meeting some of their colleagues and so forth. I say that my volunteers are like my coworkers, so I'm so fortunate that I have my coworkers and my volunteers together, and oh, we miss each other. Absolutely, we do. And email just doesn't. Uh, just doesn't make it the same so we're hoping that we can all get together and and finally be in the same room and it's uh it is the fact that that we are all lonely and we are all disconnected and and i can say one thing our service during the height of the pandemic i had a listener uh the daughter actually of a listener tell me it was so useful, your service. My mother was in a nursing home. I couldn't visit her. This is back when you couldn't visit somebody in a nursing home. As much as we wanted to be together, for safety we couldn't. And she said I would call my mom on the phone, and we could have a conversation about what was happening in our community because my mom listened to our local newspaper on Rise, and it was a constant companion for her when I wasn't on the phone with her. But when we were together, we had things to talk about. And uh, that one brought tears to the eyes. So, yes, our service connects people, and hopefully that us volunteers and staff can all be together at some point uh, in the near future. But as we record this, you're still, people are still recording from their homes, and we're recording this in the middle of, uh, of the summer. Yes. But you're hoping that they'll go, get back to this station eventually. Yes, and at some point we will. Currently at WMHT Public Broadcasting, we have only essential staff going in only for certain amounts of time. For instance, for the production of AHA, our 
House for the Arts program and New York Now staff will be in to uh, produce those shows, but not to uh, to be in the office to do work. That's all still being done at home at this point. Let me uh, bring up uh, fundraising again, which is necessary for Rise to continue. Do, do you do any? Uh, do you do fundraising on the medium itself, or on Rise, or on, or when WMHT would do a fund drive? Do you uh, take part in that? So my role as Rise manager, um, I do fundraising. So we might air a spot or an appeal on Rise. Um, I also am a on-air personality on our other station, which is WEXT Radio, which is 97.7 and 106.1 FM, where we have fundraising. And funds raised um, go towards WMHT Public Media, yes. And, and that keeps RISE going. So on RISE, we will air specifically spots for RISE. And when we mail out a radio, we'll have a, a letter explaining our service and asking for a small contribution. Is there training for the volunteers? Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And as a broadcaster, you know that you can't just pop in that chair and know what to do. There is a mm -hmm. lot of training. I think of myself almost equally a broadcaster and a teacher. So when I um, get a new volunteer, my first thing is to try to see if they're going to be a good fit if they have the basic skill sets. And past that, then they learn how to be a broadcaster, how to read, how to bring that word to life. And then technically, we have volunteers who are running the station. They're running an audio board. They're pushing the buttons. They're editing. So, yes, um, most of my time is, is spent scheduling volunteers and fundraising and finding programs for volunteers and, um, and teaching, teaching mm -hmm. new volunteers. There's always, now back in the day, everything is different now with COVID, but back in the day I would have my volunteers who have been with me for years, and I have some volunteers who have been with me for many a year, uh, other people who are maybe, you know, a handful of years and, and new volunteers. So there's always a, a track going. There's always a, a new volunteer. Uh, typically I would take on two to three new volunteers in a given month. Let me ask you about the what's on Rise. You have newspapers. You you have the specifically the you uh, volunteers read the Daily Gazette and the Times Union of Albany. Correct. Yes, we also have an exciting program uh, for my volunteers who produce it. They may not say it's so exciting because it is one of my toughest shows to do, and it's called the bargain bin, and it's reading the Sunday sales circulars for our grocery stores. Now, you can imagine ah. how dry that would be, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. something that our listeners need to know. They, we, it's all about inclusion, and we want them to know if peaches are on sale and if uh, something is on sale at the grocery store, they should know about it, and through this program, they can. Are there other newspapers you read or other printed material? Yes, we have... Um, other local newspapers, currently our schedule is a little bit in flux, um, but we have had um, the Altamont App Enterprise, the Troy Record, other papers on our schedule. The Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. So we have a whole lot of news, but also some science programs, some 
fun, exciting programs, Reader's Digest, Smithsonian, The Atlantic, People Magazine. So there's a good variety. Are there other programs, in, I'm going to say, like the Historian's Podcast, where it's like an interview show or, or kind of an old, uh, a radio show as opposed to somebody reading something from a, a newspaper? Not currently in production, but Bob Yeager, who is a longtime volunteer, he's also a member of the Fraternal Order of Eagles, and he helps me with fundraising. He uh, has a show called Community Connection, where it's a half-hour interview program, and he'll interview um, might be somebody from a local charity or somebody uh, doing good in our community. Uh, so that program will likely return at some point in the future. Joyce, a college friend of mine, sought out your help as he was uh, starting a service similar to Rise in Virginia. What, what was your advice to him, if you can recall, or what would you say to somebody who wanted to create such a, a service in the future? I would say you have to have dedicated volunteers. You have to be dedicated yourself. This is an all-encompassing project. It's a work that comes from the heart. So start with that, and if you and your staff and your colleagues, like everyone here at WMHT, is committed, that's the start. And then from there, get great people around you and uh, work on serving a need. And there, there is always a need in our community to help others. Um, and then technical things, you know, we have an uh, engineering crew that is top-notch at WMHT. Without them, you know, we couldn't do what we do. So there's, there's a lot of components to it. You need to have resources. You need to have the technical end of it sorted out. You need to have volunteers and programming to air for your listeners. And you need to be able to reach out to the community and see what need they have? What do they want? With us, you know, it's the newspapers, very popular. Uh, books are very popular, even with uh, the New York State Talking Books program, which is a fantastic program. We still find that pe people love to hear the books on Rise. So it's, it's a matter of really getting the right people in place, and then you can serve your community. It works. Mm -hmm. And RISE, as you told us, has been in operation since 1978. I did just a little bit of looking up, and apparently the first service like RISE, according to Wikipedia anyway, started in 1969. Yes. Um, out in Minnesota, correct? The Minnesota Radio Talking Book Network. Yes, and soon after the Kansas Audio Reader started, uh, several other services in the 1970s, and in, in yeah, 1978, we were approached by a blind individual who said, I think this would be a good service for our community. And our board of directors at WMHT had the foresight to put together a team and uh, volunteers and staff and here we are all those many years later still serving our blind and print disabled community with rise were you there then no <laughs> no no, <laughs> no, no I, I wasn't not. but an interesting story in a matter of speaking i was uh, my grandmother suffered from macular degeneration which is what many of our listeners suffer from 
So my grandmother was a RISE listener. So really? I was familiar with RISE, and I used to, as a little kid, read newspapers. And uh, my grandmother used to like the horoscopes, which we do read on RISE. When we read the newspapers, we read some of the front page, but we know, of course, national news folks can get elsewhere. Local news, we read obituaries and TV listings and the horoscopes, like Grandma used to like me to read to her. And uh, so, in a way, in a matter of speaking, I like to say that I was with Rise from the from the beginning, <laughs> kind of, sort of. Yeah. Well, Joyce Starr, Rise Manager at WMHT, thanks very much for uh, joining us here on the Historians Podcast. My absolute pleasure. And again, folks can listen to the Historians on Rise as well. And if you know somebody who would benefit from this service please reach out to me through WMHT uh, Public Broadcasting. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.